It's the internet, you're busy, let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast. This is the podcast where we decide everything that is happening in the world of video games so you don't have to think for yourself. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is... Mike Minotti, that's me. In today's episode, we're going to go over some news, a lot of news, once again, uh, back-to-back weeks with just tons of news. It's uh, yeah. kind of all happening for some reason. Uh, I, guess, I guess it is that season, maybe. It's that it time is, of year. It is, but the news isn't really related to like big fall releases. Not a yeah, lot of it, anyways. Yeah, you would think that they, everyone, everything would just be focused on that. we got a lot happening, though. Um, also, games. We've got a few games to talk about. We'll get into that. But first, I want to thank everybody for uh, joining us. You can get more from me and Mike at GamesBeat.com. If you have something to share with us, you can email the podcast at GamesPlusPodcast at VentureBeat.com. That's the plus sign in there. We're also on Twitter at GamesBeat or at GBDecides for the podcast. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, you could subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. And if you like the show, rate us on Apple Podcasts, all those other ones. I also want to thank uh, thanks to Carlos Ayin, for, uh, who's also Insane in the Rain Music on YouTube, for the use of that theme song, which is just delightful. Go oh, check yeah. that out. Uh, and once again, I'll be at PAX West at the end of this month. So uh, come to that panel on Saturday night at 7 p.m. to see me uh, just demolish everyone else who plays video games. That's fun. Every How many people person. are participating in that? I think it's 20-ish. Wow. We'll see. I, I honestly don't know a lot of details. Uh, Say hi to everyone. Gonna sh- Say hi to Greg yeah. for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell Greg, uh, hey, your best your best buddy Mike says hi. Greg's great because like, you, you almost like think, like, Greg can't really be that great a guy. He must be an actor. Greg's a great guy, Greg Miller. He- he is a great guy. Yeah. Why? Oh, why aren't isn't your audio appearing on the video? Hang on. Oh no. There we go. Okay, it's Am fixed. I, <laughs> no one heard me before. No one heard you up to that. Well, on on the video version, the podcast, yeah. the audio, it'll be all fine. Oh, that's uh, fine. whatever then. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, uh, I could just layer that on. It, whatever. Um. Okay. Yeah, Mike. So, what you been playing? What, what you been up to? World of Warcraft, mostly. The expansion has launched. We are in the battle for Azeroth. And, and it, are, are you doing a lot of battling for <laughs> Azeroth? I'm kind of doing a lot of battling for trolls right now. Oh. Uh, so the, the leveling in this expansion is, is interesting. It's different than any other one where you uh, the, the Horde and the Alliance go to different uh, kind of like islands. And each one has three different zones in it. And you, you kind of go to the other zones a little bit while you're doing this. And I think mm-hmm. like once you get the end game, you can go to the other zones pretty much for your reign. But when you're leveling, like all your major quests are in just that uh, this kind of one island. So it's, it's kind of neat that like this the the like experience is so different for the two sides. And like when I first heard, like saw each zone, I kind of once again felt bad that I wasn't alliance because they they're gonna they're going to like this piratey port town thing, and it has like a big like port city, and it looks really cool. Uh, the Horde go to uh, Zandalar, which is another troll empire, and we've seen trolls before. But these are very much like a Mesopotamian, like Mayan kind of thing with these big pyramids and gold things and just a lot of embezzling <laughs> everywhere, uh, kind of jungly, and also dinosaurs. They just There's dinosaurs everywhere. There's wild dinosaurs, there's dinosaurs they tamed, people riding on dinosaurs, dinosaur gods... And uh, it's just huh. all really awesome. I'm actually so super enjoying it's it. It's Ark Survival Evolved now. Is that what you're saying? I guess, but fun. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Touche. Um, I, I saw some pictures that you were posting of this, uh, like in your story and stuff. It looked really, it looks really pretty. It looks it's, nice. It, yeah, it's colorful and, and just like it has a lot of detail and a lot going on. There's a lot of detail, especially since like I've been leveling characters for fun, so I've been going through some of the order content. Like the amount of detail just in these places. It's pretty nuts, and I've only been really in this one zone so far, but it's already like one of my favorite World of Warcraft zones. 
it, it's kind of nice because it's like we've had a kind of a lot of zones lately that have been like orc stuff or kind of familiar ground like one of the zones in the last expansion was just another like druid forest right and, and stuff like that there's been some zones that have been cool but this one is just so pretty and, and kind of like it's the most like aesthetically pleasing since the mist of pandaria stuff we just had these kind of beautiful like uh asian like chinese kind of uh landscapes and stuff this this place is really blowing me away yeah i it uh it, it seems pretty cool and it also like like always it seems like everyone is getting right back into it um it, it, it is it um like is there like early word is because i know there's one of those exp, exp, uh, expansions that people weren't happy with and it was the warlords of drain or so yes. you can't tell yet when you're right. just leveling because it's it's almost inherently just fun to be leveling again and doing things right like, even when I first was playing, what was it, Drain or just doing the leveling, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty great. It's when, like, the end game was kind of crappy and non-existent that the problems arose. Okay. But the first impressions are definitely pretty high. Cool, yeah. And and, and you you aren't hearing any rumblings yet from, uh, like, the community. People on Reddit aren't complaining about stuff for no, the most part. I think, I think people seem to be happy. I mean, so far, if you, if you go to, like, a Reddit, it's just all memes right now, right? Right. Everyone's just kind of leveling and having fun. And did you see that joke about... uh? About Jaina committing some I may have committed treason. some late treason. It was pretty that's, that's pretty good stuff. I like yeah. that. But, um, uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm having fun, but really my big takeaway is I'm just wowed by this uh, Zoldazar zone. It just looks really cool. Cool, yeah. And, and it does seem like you're going to get to spend like, a lot of time there. So it, it, yeah. you'll be... Well, it's cool because it's, it's actually a city, too. And it's actually like, a okay. city with... And we haven't really had a new major city at World of Warcraft for like, at least a few expansions. And the last one... It was Dalaran again, which was already a city from Breath of the Lich King. And, and you had, like, your Order Class Hall, and that had some of the things. So, so those are neat, but not really a city. And then same thing with uh, Wars of Draenor. You had your garrison, and then there's kind of, like, this encampment that had a lot of the kind of, like, functionality of a city. It wasn't really a city. So it's really neat to, like, have that, like, a full-on city feel again and, like, this new place to go around and explore. Cool. Well, that's our uh, World of Warcraft update. Uh, mm -hmm. I... I want to hear about some wrestling, though, Mike. Enough oh. of Warcraft. Tell me about some goddamn the wrestling. Fire Pro Wrestling? Yeah, yeah. I, I know this. Uh, it was out on PC and Early Access for a while. Uh, is this like the 1.0 release that you're playing now that's on, out on consoles? Well, this is uh, this is the one. Uh, this is PlayStation 4 version I'm playing, actually. Okay, so then yeah, the it must be. It must this be is 1.0, yep. Okay. Fire Pro Wrestling World, I believe. Okay. Uh, and the time for this is pretty cool for me because I have really got into uh, New Japan. Uh, wrestling, which is, is it's kind of growing, becoming a thing. They just yes, uh, they just uh, sold out Madison Square Garden along with Ring of Honor in like uh, a day. So it's like for the first time ever, like there's some exciting wrestling things happening kind of outside of WWE, and like right. New Japan is just fantastic. I, I've really been enjoying it. And this and that's that is like the story mode is like centered around all the New Japan right, players. and the roster has a lot of the New Japan people. It's like it's not like technically a New Japan game, but it's a New Japan right close game. enough. Right, they work yeah. with them. Um, it, does the PlayStation Four have all of the? I'm, I'm sure it has to create a character feature, but does it have like all the ones where you can download? from uh, online so you can add pretty much any character See, ever i haven't done that of. I, I pretty much have been messing around with single player games in a little bit the character creator although i actually had the character creator uh, crash on me so okay i had to jump <laughs> yeah. back in so i really what a lot of what i was doing was the tutorials and learning the game and it, it, it is nice how it's such a grapple based game whereas the, the wwe games anymore are 
very like uh counter and reversal based mm. where you're kind of it's it's a lot of just like in the timing that uh, way. There, there's another word for that uh it's bad i think it's bad. <laughs> the technical term is it's I a bad get. game i liked it for a while but then it was like it, those games no i just recently it's been yeah those games have been really bad yeah for sure but but I, so this is different is it is right it better um, certainly at this moment, I would much rather be playing Fire Pro Wrestling than right. WWE, basically what is SmackDown versus Raw 19 or whatever. Like, not the year 19, I mean, like, the 19th one. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, it's definitely fun uh, that way. I, I, It's one of those games that I, I, was, I kept meaning uh, to pick it up on PC uh, for a while now. Uh, I, I probably will still just pick it up there. It, it, it does seem like the all like any character you could possibly think of in any wrestler like real world people have already made it and there's a real easy way to import it into the game uh and that seems really cool just to be able to you know kind of play with whoever you want and mm, for uh, sure. yeah and the, the creative character seems super powerful so it seems like there's a lot there just from like what i saw it'd be fair the wwe games have had a pretty good creative character for a while too. right of course no yeah of course i mean they're not they are both wrestling games, but they're not really competing because this isn't like that. This know, is WWE. kind of, yeah, this is different. And I mean, graphically, this is sprites and stuff. Right. You know, this is, yeah. It's a it's throwback not, style. Yeah. It kind of is. That's what's Fire Pro. But these games have been around for a bit. I think this is the first new one in a while. But mm-hmm. they, they kind of have been doing their thing and they have their fan base and it's pretty good. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm excited to kind of try that. Um, uh, it's fun. Glad to hear you're. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you're liking it. Uh, but let's, let's tell you what, about- Greg Miller likes it. So I wouldn't be shocked if you're playing it. So you might want to it's pick good, it up and just kind of learn it a little it's a, bit. It's a good point. I would not be although, shocked if that's a good thing. Although I think they're doing a PAX wrestling panel separately, and I think they're playing Fire Pro at that. I bet they will be, uh, just because they can put their own, they put themselves in there or whatever. We'll see. I'm still going to play it. You're right. I should practice it just in case. Uh, but let's talk about it. Let's just do this. Dead Cells. Let's do our Dead Cells update. <laughs> Dead Cells. Yeah, we, man. I think we, I, we accidentally took over one of our work meetings this week yeah. to talk about <laughs> Dead Cells for a while. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday, we were supposed to be talking about like just the, what our week was going to be, and we just talked about Dead Cells for like 10 minutes. It was like, oh. it was pretty, uh, yeah. I had some heartbreaking it, runs. Yeah, me too. That's kind of where I'm at right now where um, I'm making progress. I'm still always kind of getting stuff and I'm having those runs where I'm like, this is okay if I just sort of get new blueprints and uh, start get like grinding souls and that's fine. Uh, But then I'll start piecing together something where it's like, oh, I got like two legendary weapons and I'm killing everything in two hits. I I should really go for the end here. This is going to be the run. And then you get to that last boss uh, and I've I've been to him a handful of times now and it's just, uh, yeah, you have to learn them. He's uh he's fast. He d- has a lot of moves, um, and yeah. does a ton of damage. And it's I, just to lose those to lose boss. those builds. It's yeah, it hurts. I got that last boss the one time, and I was so close. Even just that first try, that it was a little demoralizing. After that, yeah. And yeah, even I've, since then, I've had builds that I thought were even maybe better. And I mean, I actually kind of got to the first boss relative of uh, the last boss kind of early on the first right. time so i was kind of lacking a lot of the fate like some of the basic things to just make things easier mm-hmm. like some of the potion upgrades but yeah, you don't even have had... all the runes yet right yeah 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 so yeah I so just like didn't you... quite make it right so like i was i was never really trying because i'm like uh for a long time there uh because i was like i'm just gonna get all the shit like i'm gonna get all the basic stuff which is the runes there's five of those um and then i'm gonna i'm just gonna grind for a while and then you know if i get to the end whatever um, but now that I'm actively trying to beat the game, it is, it is truly heartbreaking to have something that f- like just it feels right. It's working against not only like it works in, um, to help you get through levels, which are pretty difficult at the end. 
and then also that same build is effective against the last boss, which is not a guarantee. Just right. getting through the levels doesn't mean you're, those, all the things that you have are going to be effective against that last boss. And so when you have something that does both really well, it's just like, oh man, the the chances of me getting that again. Basically cluster like it's, bombs. Yeah, cluster bombs are very good. Like, yeah, I got... That was like the last thing I picked up before I went into that room that, like this morning I was playing. And it was, uh, I think they were legendary cluster bombs. Um, oh. And they did a thousand damage each one of the clustered like individual bombs. So it's just like I was clearing out the level. It was going to go really well. And then I just got, I got pushed into the thing and I stood up and I tried to heal. And Yeah, that's the best one they see is just learning the healing timing kind of. Right. For the last yeah. Few bosses. Yeah. And I, if I would have, like in that situation, if I would have dodged and got behind him, or if I would have frozen first, either way, I would have had enough time. But I just spammed heal because I was panicking, and it was just, yeah. And it evaporated right before my I, eyes. I so definitely terrible. feel like I'm really favoring just grenade builds of any kind, because you can get that. Right now I'm too. Because you can get that one thing that like just reduces the cooldown of grenades so much. Well, and they, they, just have to, they work faster than those traps and stuff. Right. They have, the, the skills have that same thing. There's an equivalent. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I like that. I have that has been effective for me in the past. But right, you're right. Right now, I am favoring grenades. Uh, it does seem like they maybe they do generate even just a tiny bit faster. I mean, it helps because that um that generation that regeneration uh, speed boot buff thing is in red. It's in brute. So if you uh, if you really focus on brutality, which is kind of what all of my builds have been, I try to get as many red weapons as I can. Put yeah. most of oh, my. Yeah. Uh, most of my shit in brutality and then that reduces that time to re regenerate uh, grenades even faster so yeah that's, that's the other thing grenades are red just like a lot of the weapons right. are so like you, you don't have to like spread out your stat boost as you want to a bit so that you're increasing your health decently right yeah, yeah. for I sure i mean and that's what the great thing about the legendary weapons is they're colorless so getting a colorless weapon means like okay maybe i can now i can bring in a bow and arrow and it's going to be just as effective as effective and powerful because it's going to count as red because that's my highest category so yeah it's um like you start you start getting things like okay here's kind of what i want and if i can make it work and then sometimes you just end up with what you have and you have to try to make that work and um, I'm still in a, a lot of situations where it's uh, where I'm not good enough with, with certain builds to really make a dent. The, the so. good news is that the base gameplay is still just so fun and, and oh yeah and responsive that, that going through the game even over and over again, even to the point where like you begin to recognize like all the little modules that make up right. the procedural generation. Like it still doesn't get old, right? And it's uh, uh and you can always break up your your routine by giving yourself a different goal. Like we were talking, we. I, don't, I can't remember if it was last podcast or the other day. Uh, I think it might have been during that meeting. Where we're like, oh, have you been able to get that 15-minute time gate uh, after that boss? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I, 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 you know, I haven't really specifically tried that. So after a heartbreaking run, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try to do that. And I was able to kind of get it on like my third try. It was a uh, – yeah, it, it, really, it really does come down to that one specifically. Like balancing – getting enough to survive because it start, things start getting hard. And that boss is, I think that boss is the second hardest after the last boss. Um, yeah, I think that's probably true. So it'd be ha having enough like uh, upgrades to survive him and having good enough weapons uh, and not at the same time, not exploring the entire map. So you waste all your time and uh, yeah, it comes down to that. And you still have to beat that boss quick enough to be able to get to that door. Um, and I think I had, I had like 30 seconds left. So it was, uh, when I did it, so I what do you get right. in that door? So there's, there's a, uh, there's, you know, what you would expect. There's going to be a ton of cells. There's going to be some gold, a weapon, I think. And then there's also a blueprint that is just always behind that door. 
So you have to, if you want that blueprint, you have to go do that. Right. And there's a lot of blueprints that are like that. There's one in the clock tower that for the life of me, I can't figure out. I like, I even looked it up online. They're like, oh, you got to hit a bell to get the right key. I've hit every bell and I can't find the key. I wonder if it's changed since early access and that just isn't true anymore. Uh, So I just, I keep seeing this blueprint inside there. I'm like, damn it. I want to fill that in because I'm like, there's a ton. Like, I mean, people that haven't played dead cells, when you start the game, you start in this room and there's just all these empty glass bottles hanging from the ceiling. And over the time, as you get the blueprints, you fill up those glass bottles and you can see all the things you've unlocked. Which is such a great way of showing your progression that way. Yeah. It feels really good. Especially like when, like on the switch, it is start. That's the the thing that's actually causing some slowdown on the switch. Not that it matters because there's no enemies there. It's not nothing, nothing technical happens there. Uh, But you're like, Oh wow. There's just so much shit up there hanging from the ceiling right now that I'm getting slow down. And, there's tons of stuff. And I'm like, man, I think I have like 10 things left to get. And I counted and I'm like, okay, more than 30 still. So I still have a ton of, ton of stuff to do, but it looks like I've got almost everything just because there's so much up there. And that's, that's really satisfying too. So I'm at a point where I, I, I think I do want to try Like the first thing I want to try to do is beat that boss. Um, uh, I think that's like still my first like primary goal. Uh, but I, I have this, I'm going to try to get everything in the game. 100%. Yeah. At least for the blueprints, get every blueprint. I want to try every weapon and every mutation. Uh, they're just all so fun. Everything is so good. Yeah. Um, good game, but, uh, only other thing I've really been playing is, uh, the black ops four beta. Uh, I tried that uh, on PC last week. It, It seems okay. It seems like a good game. Yeah, Treyarch seems to know they know what they're doing. They um, I mean, I play. I haven't played the beta. I played the back at the preview that a bit ago, but right. It definitely it definitely does remind me of, of Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege a little bit. It doesn't like it doesn't feel like that. It just there are elements that remind me of it. Maybe like the time to kill is kind of similar, and the movement is similarly plotting. It's a little bit slower than other Call of Duty games, but. Uh, you know, in Overwatch, it has like ultimates. You know, it's even like mapped to the Q key and everything. It's it feels like that. But um, yeah. I, and then they had a new mode that was like kind of like Counter Strike slash Payday, where like there's a store system where you have to like buy your upgrades uh, after each round, and that, that was cool too. Uh, and it's it's just a reminder that Treyarch does borrow a lot of stuff for their games, but they seem to know how to make it work and refine it and make it like a still make it feel like Call of Duty. And they've been doing that a long time and. I think it's actually why people like their game so much uh, when it comes to Call of Duty. Um, we'll see. We'll see if it pays off this time around. Uh, last thing, I, I Sam, Samsung sent a uh, a monitor for review. I'm using it over here. It's 32 inches and it's uh, 144 hertz, and which is really kind of nice. It's I, I've seen I've used one at events before, but my uh, my 4K monitor is 60 is 60 uh, has a 60 refresh rate. This one's 144 and uh, four It's a 1440p. And it's like, okay, yeah, I, I could see the appeal of this. This looks really buttery smooth when I'm, I tried like Rocket League and Doom and, and uh, like PUBG and everything just looked really, really great on it. Um, I'll have a review of this soon, probably in the next week or so. Um, but yeah, let's get into news, Mike. Does that sound let's good to you? There's, yeah, there's some things to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, yeah, we got the beeps happening. It's happening. Um, let's, let's just do this uh, top story first. Uh, so I, I I don't know how to say his name. Philip, I would say Philip, Philip. Mayuchin, but I don't think that's how anyone else says it. He he's probably expl- what is it? Do you know it? No. Okay. Well, th- thanks for your help, Mike. Yeah. Picking up the slack there. I really appreciate that. Uh, okay, so the guy who plagiarized at IGN, we talked about him last week. Um, since then, uh, I think we did explain that IGN just had just let him go at that point. Uh, and we said on the show last week 
that this is probably not the first time he did this. It's just the first time he got caught. And now it's looking like eh, he did this every time. <laughs> yeah, like beyond even our like wildest right. It's like, whoa. Right. So there, I mean, the best example of this, and if you guys want to like look at, if anyone's curious about this, uh, and I don't blame you if you're not, if you're like over the story, you don't, you don't care. You're like, okay, what, whatever. They fired him and the story's over. That's great. That's fine. I, I'm, I'm almost there with you, but yeah. The story just kind of keeps pulling me back in at how absurd it is. Like there, he did a, this one wasn't a review. It was just an old YouTube video where he explained how the switch HD rumble worked. And he just took a reset era or it was back then. It was a NeoGAF forum post and repeated it word for word. And he led right before he started reading that word for word. He said, I did some research of my own and here's what I came up with. And then he just says that. Yeah. Without saying like, without crediting the person and the person uh, on Reset Era now was like, I'm just a primary school teacher. I don't really know how this works. This was just my best guess. And like, <laughs> okay, Jesus, man. Uh, but yeah, like they, they, IGN's now taken down all of their stuff, all, all of his stuff, uh, or at least most of it, uh, because uh, they've just found so many examples now of clearly this stuff was borrowed and so reworded from other, I, I, other IGN's people. done a good job of responding to this, but I man, I wonder what the heck the hiring process was for this guy. Cause it seems like they just hired him because they thought he'd be strong for video. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they clearly were like, we need someone on camera, and he, he can do that, and he seems to know what he's talking about. And, yeah, I mean, I... <sighs> I, I don't I, I don't blame them. That has been their strategy. It's worked. I guess I mean okay. I kind of do blame them a little bit, but uh, like that I get why they would do that. We're like okay, this person's good on video. That's all we really need to know. Uh, we could see that he's talking about games in a competent way. Great. Put him put him behind the camera. Uh, get him writing reviews. Put him on the Nintendo channel. Wonderful. Um, but it, it does seem like maybe all those other skills that that people used to develop to get this job uh, where like serious, like writing chops and, and own research and stuff are things that we used to get kind of grilled on before we would get hired or, or like people would want to see us work in a freelance capacity to see if we could do that. And maybe going back to like really emphasizing stuff is how you avoid something like this. I'm a little, I, it, it seems like he was like, all he did before IGN was his own YouTube channel, right? Right. He went from that to Nintendo editor. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I, yeah. that seems a little nuts to me. Right. I, I, I'm with you, but I mean, I, I think that there are people who are younger than than you. I mean, I'm I'm older than you, but oh, wait, like I that would know. probably be like, well, how else are you going to get that job? Like, of course, that's that's the path. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, it's it is weird. Uh, and I think I mean, I think it's proving that maybe it's a a bad place to go get hires from like like you, you, maybe youtube isn't the best resource for uh picking your next talent um you, you maybe you want to work with them in other ways first and, and see what else they can do it's just because youtube i mean you know not to denigrate an entire class of content creators but youtube does seem to kind of have a problem with people taking reviews and content and just claiming it as their own and putting it up as a video and not crediting people um th that seems to be a trend there and i think it's just I think they think it's at a certain point, they don't know it's wrong. Almost. Uh, I would assume Philip probably knew deep down what he was doing was wrong, but I think he's also just, this has been his process. And he, you know, I, I there is something wasn't... delicious about the way he called out Jason Schreier. And then oh, <laughs> like, oh, if you find anything else, let me know. Just right. And like, oh, like, here's Jason this, Schreier, this, like, this. Wrote that in a story. And he's like, I, I found this one thing on Engadget. And then like, 
people were just inundating Jason with with tips, like saying, "Here's one, here's an example, here's an example," uh, and yeah, and now there are literally dozens. It seems like uh, maybe the worst thing is he he copied work from a, a fellow IGN employee while he was employed at IGN. That's pretty nuts. That was that was wacko. I mean, I do that to you because I hate you, but that's insane. yeah, but yeah, for sure, for sure. But you're self-destructive and you're trying, yeah, you're trying to get fired. So yeah, like that makes sense for you. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, Maybe, but man, oh, it's all weird. But I mean, I. The, 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 we're at a point now where he's he has deleted that apology video that uh, he posted yeah. last week. I, I don't know if we talked about that. Um, one of the worst apology videos ever. It was um, pretty bad. It was so stereotypical, like the lo- starting with the long sigh and then ending right. with the solemn like, turning off the webcam. Yep. <laughs> like, there, what there, the hell? there are uh, someone posted uh, Scott Bromley, I think, who uh, works at Lucas now, Lucasfilm. Um, he posted a YouTube video of someone analyzing how youtubers apologize and manipulate viewers and they always start with the long sigh and they always turn off the camera at the end by reaching and doing that uh and he, the the point of the video was like this is super disingenuous like you could tell that all, all this stuff is rehearsed and they're they're trying to seem exposed while being very very composed in in a in a sort of cynical way um and all that stuff's true about this video and and also, he just didn't apologize <laughs> to the guy that he affected. He was like, oh, yeah, congrats, congrats on all your success. I'm sure you're going to turn your views that I'm like, basically saying that I gave you into something uh, bigger now. And it was congrats, like, oh. bro. Yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I think I think Philip might just not be a very smart guy. I think that might be what it comes down to. I think he was and, I think he was clearly out of his depth, out of his depth. And this job was uh, I, you know, I'm not going to go around saying our job is difficult. But it does require certain skills that that um, that are difficult to to acquire, um, and and one of those is being able to, I mean, to to write a review, you have to know how games work, or you have to at least be confident about understanding why you like a game, and that's a hard thing. That's a hard bridge to. It's hard. to get. I was very bad at it for a while when I started. Same, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I I hate all of my early stuff, and I'm I'm sure in like five years I'll hate all the stuff I'm writing now because it's a, a constant process to get better. Um, and, and it's really intimidating. So I could see why someone who isn't good at that, but really wants the job and, and, you know, wants to, wants the exposure and wants to get, you know, that IGN platform or, you know, wants to build a platform of their own on YouTube would resort to things that tons of kids do in co- high school and college, just copy and pasting from the internet. Like I, I knew kids that did that all through my academic career. I'm sure everyone does. Uh, and he just took it to an extreme that is career destroying if you try to do it in the real world so yeah yeah we don't have to talk about this too much more i, I don't yeah, i think that's yeah it's just it's very it's, it's it's fascinating and it kind of you know right like i said it keeps bringing me back in like i i yeah you think like most of, like 90 percent of my t- like of, of the past like week I, I didn't think about it at all and then you just hear like one little tidbit tidbit or someone tweets like one thing about like something else he did and you're like wait what and it's it's mind-blowing so yeah that's that's been yes. my relationship with this stuff. Absolutely bonkers. Um speaking of uh, absolutely bonkers, Ninja the the Fortnite guy. Oh, uh, Ninja. The most popular Fortnite streamer, uh number the basically the most popular person on Twitch right now, uh says he won't play with women. Um I'm going to I'm I'm going to start I'm going to read his actual thing right here. Let me get it up right here. Uh so he first said this. I I'm sure he said it before. But then I think Polygon in an interview asked him directly about it, and and he explained it a little bit further, saying that's about my family, protecting them. 
A lot of people didn't like his answer, so he posted this statement to Twitter. I wanted to take a moment to address the discussion around the article that came out over the weekend. While I understand some people have implied my views mean I have something against playing with women, I want to make clear the issue I'm addressing is online harassment and my, um, and my attempt to minimize it from our lives. It is something that affects all streamers, especially ones that make their relationships public. I wanted to bring attention to this issue, and my comments should not be characterized as anything beyond that. Having just celebrated my one-year anniversary, my wife, my wife, and my family will always be the most important thing to me, and I am doing my best to protect them. Uh, we are fans of all kinds of streamers and gamers. Uh, he lists some like Curvy Llama, Julia TV, uh, Halle Pseudo, uh, women streamers. Uh, are a few of our favorites, and we encourage others to check out their channels. I look forward to, our, to the opportunity to meet and play with all kinds of Fortnite players in future tournaments and events. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I hate this actually, Mike. <laughs> I really hate it. I despise it actually. Um, it's it's, uh, it's weird. So so I, I, I okay. So a lot of people are give, really giving him this uh, th- this explanation, uh, or at least giving him a lot of mileage, saying, okay, that that's understandable. You, you don't want to get harassed on- online uh, because you are, are appearing to be flirting with a woman who's not your wife. And then your wife might hear about that because she also, of course, has an online presence and people might come and harass her. Um, yeah, that that's that. Those are all things that that could happen. And it sucks. Uh, but when when something terrible like that is happens, I, you don't say, OK, and now because of that, I'm going to treat an in, like half of the population differently. Um, you don't punish the people who aren't doing this, uh, to, to protect yourself from the people who are responsible for this, this shitty behavior. Uh, you have a platform, you, uh, you have the power to make people more popular, to give them more, more viewers, more exposure. Uh, and you will do that for, for men. You won't do that for women and kind of whatever the excuse is that alone is, is shitty. Uh, but wanting to protect your family. Oh, okay. But it also just comes across as, you're just using your family as an excuse uh, because you don't want to actually make the effort to improve this, this platform that you have created for yourself. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. I just don't like it at all. Uh, yeah. I, I don't dislike it as much. I mean, I don't like it. I, it Ninja is weird because I, I always feel almost, I sometimes feel thankful that he's the top streamer because he's so much better than a lot of other people. And then, then you always just get these, these things like this are him dropping the N-word that one time. And like at first I'm like, oh, this seems like a red flag. And I'm like, no, it's it's fine. We're just being overly critical of him because he's in the spotlight so much. But this is weird. Uh I don't know. Maybe maybe his wife is like uh, like more like you know, has anxiety issues or something I don't understand. Cause it's, right. it's it's almost hard to understand. Like, you know, most people are able to understand that uh their husband or boyfriend can have friends who are girls and not necessarily be. Yeah. And, and, he's, and, and he's kind of saying that's not, he's saying it's more about the rumors and yeah, the right. rumors suck, but you know, also what are you going to do? And I guess right. his answer is he's not going to play the game. He's just, yeah. Right. His, his solution is to just prevent any woman from coming on his stream. And it's just, Oh boy, that, that sticks in the, like it sticks in the crawl when you say it. <laughs> like, like that. I mean, but it's like whatever if, the justification is, and I, yeah. however decent as it sounds, it still comes back to he will not play with women ever. Right. It's it, just to, like, to, to him, so, and then this is where like it really kind of hits me. It's because so to him the 
that is a, that's an option. That, that that is an option to him because why? Because women are are different, right? They're different. That's what he's basically saying. That that they can, I can just I don't have to play with them. I don't have to consider that to, to play with them uh, because yeah, they're they're just women streamers, and it's not as important as my family and. Okay, so a lot of people would say, yeah, my family is is always going to be more important. But I, I don't think it's a mutually exclusive thing. Um, you can do, do, do right by your family and be friends with women and prove to your audience that that's possible and, and you know, ban anyone from your chat who's saying otherwise, who's being uh, shitty about it. Uh, you have the power to use your platform for to, to affect change. Um, and he, he would rather... He would rather just not play with women than than do that. And to me, that's that. that I think that means it's somewhat sexist. It, it is rather misogynistic. I, I think he just is. He thinks less of women than men is kind of how I have to take this. But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 frustrating to see this. I mean, I I don't I don't like pulling this card. I, like I have a, a daughter now, and if anyone ever told her that she wasn't welcome because she's a woman and that that, that might cause problems for them, oof. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to handle that. That would be, that would make me very mad. And I'm kind of, I think I'm projecting this onto this situation. So. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Good news this week, I guess. Um, here's a, here's a weird one, but one that I kind of was expecting. Discord announced that they are opening their own store, the Discord store. And uh, it's not just that. They have the store and they have a, a subscription program. They've always had a subscription program called Discord Nitro, but now they are adding a, a, a curated list of games to that as well. So you pay five bucks a month, you get this list of games, it shows up in your Discord library, um, along with all the games from all your other launchers. So everything on Steam will be in this library as well, and, and uh, Blizzard. And I, that's the real thing I'm, I'm really into about this, is I already have Discord open all the time, having one library where I can launch all my games from after seeing what everyone's playing on discord. That's uh, that's pretty useful. And it might encourage me to actually use their store. Uh, how about you, Mike, are you going to start buying games on discord? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't buy very many games on steam right now. I don't, I don't know. It depends on how it works. I, I, I still think it's going to work just because discord is just so much of a gamer hub right now. It just makes sense to put a store there. Like my my interest in this is not so much how it's going to affect me because I, I don't think it's going to be much. I, I wonder if this is finally a thing that's going to give Steam a little pause. Yeah, I, I so I was wondering about that. Do you think Steam could do a subscription service? It seems weird. <laughs> seems weird. Because like seems weird. Because like, what, do people start waiting for games to hit the subscription service instead of buying games in the Steam sale? It, it just seems like they've built this model of of encouraging gamers to build their library on steam um and to sort of hedge on that to in, in favor of the subscription it would be a hard turn i think for steam to make where a lot of these other companies can just say no we're basically a subscription company and we'll, we'll make a library for you just come here and it's going to be just like netflix that's a lot easier to me so uh yeah i still think even if steam does pause uh, Valve pauses on this. They, they that uh, these companies like Discord and others have have an advantage in this space. So, yeah, it, it's it, it's interesting. I, I kind of want to see want to see more. It's only open right now for like fifty thousand people in Canada. It's a uh, so it's like a small soft launch. Should it should roll out to everyone soon though. So everyone should get a chance to try it out and we can see for ourselves. Um, up next, Patrick Soderland has left EA. Patrick Soderland was I I. I 
I don't have the exact history here, but I think he was the founder of Dice. Then he sort of went and joined the the C suite, the executive suite uh, uh, at EA, um, and he was basically in charge of EA Studios for a long time. He's been with that company for literally decades now, right? Since they acquired uh, Dice, right? Right, exactly. Uh, a very long time, and now, and a few months ago, six or seven months ago, I think he was turned into the uh, chief design officer or something like that. Some weird title. A, uh, I think it's noteworthy. A title that didn't exist before he got it. And then he cashed out six months later. So, so yeah, he, I think he's been, my understanding is he's just kind of done decades, right? I mean, you do that, do something like that for long enough. Um, and his passions were sort of just worried about, worrying about dice. And then maybe a handful of those, um, those like EA partner games, like unravel or whatever. And, and I, th- I think he just had a hard time getting excited about some of this other stuff. So yeah, he's, he's moving on. Um, it, it's you know it's not a huge story. This sort of thing happens all the time, but it is one of those ones where it's like, okay, that's someone who's been with the company for a very long time, and I, I wonder if it, it changes the dynamic of EA, or maybe it gives them a chance to bring in someone fresh to oversee these studios to maybe start uh, taking some chances again, uh, which is usually not worked out great for EA, but you know we'll see. Um. Then we had a bunch of like game reveals or like more details on games uh, this past week. Uh, the the big one probably the biggest one was probably that Red Red Dead Redemption Two gameplay trailer. Did you watch this thing, Mike? Yeah, it looks looks pretty good. Yeah, I think it looks it looks it looks good. I I still like. I, I probably have to play it to like start really getting excited about Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, that's just me though. I, a lot of people seem to really like this. Uh, I. Uh, I, I don't know. There's something about those rock star trailers where it's just this uh, this calm voice explaining what you do in a game. There's that's sort of dull to me, and I, that's kind of how yeah, I feel coming out of it. Uh, one trailer that did not bore me though was the Doom and uh, Doom Eternal, like the three trailers they showed at QuakeCon. See, I didn't watch um, they sh- just this stuff. So they showed yeah. So they showed a g- gameplay of this at, at QuakeCon. QuakeCon. It's the first time they showed gameplay, um, and it's you know it is the follow up to Doom 2016. But it's got a lot more like vertical action, like you're a lot more jumping around. He's got a hook shot now. I think they called it like the the shotgun meat hook or something. And you shoot out of the shotgun and it, yeah, and you just grapple across the stage really fast. It, it looked really, really cool. Um, then, uh, you know, it's also it's taking place on Earth. It's hell on Earth now. And then there was a later stage where they go to Phobos, one of the moons of Mars. And that looked cool, too. Um, yeah, there's there's just a. Uh, a lot of cool stuff happening in that game. It, it is still just, it looks just nonstop action packed. And like they've, they've built on the things that made the original, well, you know, the 2016 doom really work, which is just that fast paced, always going forward movement. Uh, and like giving you new tools to have fun with that is a really good idea. And I'm, I'm way into it. Um, few other bits. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Doom 2016. I like, it's one of the games I booted up to try on the, the, the new monitor. And um, yeah, that game's still just, exquisite it's still perfect um other news from from QuakeCon: quake champions is now permanently fr- permanently free to play uh, i think you just like right now you go on steam download it for free and play it uh, i don't know if that's going to help that game uh no there's just not much talk about that one yeah, even though it's th- like on that epic games launcher with uh uh you know Fortnite that doesn't really seem to be doing right wait, wait no that's uh is that, wait, that's not wait. right no that's not right wait what am i no th- that's unreal. on the, that's that would be on the Bethesda launcher yeah unreal Bethesda. no it, it, mixing up quake and unreal is fine it happens um how dare i that's that's what happened yeah. that problem since like 1999 yeah that's what epic wanted you to do they wanted you to make that mistake um yeah i, I don't know if it's um 
really going to go anywhere. Uh, I, I, I like Quake Champions, but it's just not, it's low on my list of shooters that I would want to boot up at any, at any one time. Overwatch. Yeah, like Overwatch is above it, like Siege, PUBG, and maybe even Fortnite. Probably not, but maybe. Um, okay, and then uh, next up from Bethesda, they... So this this one's getting kind of weird because so the Elder Scrolls Legends is Bethesda's card Bethesda's card game. It's out on PC. It, it's is it out on mobile yet? Uh, I don't I think know. so. So it's it's going to start coming out to other platforms. But Bethesda is saying publicly, at least, that it is hesitant about the idea of bringing it to a system that does not support cross platform multiplayer. Ooh. That's just PlayStation Four, basically. So. Um, Who are they talking about? Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's it seems like Bethesda is trying to like maybe maybe put some pressure or join some of these other companies and putting pressure on um on on so- Sony to like go ahead and do something about that. Sony has stayed quiet about this since like it became a big thing again at E3. Uh, it promised, oh, we're gonna explain ourselves in a way that will make everybody happy, is what a uh, uh, homeboy from Sony said a few months ago. And then they've said nothing since. They've just they sort lied. Of yeah, they played the waiting game. I think, yes, line might be the word for that. Um, and they just wanted to see how it play out. And most people seem to forget. You know, I think people still aren't happy, especially when they boot up Fortnite. But yeah, most people have gotten over it. Um, ho- hopefully, though, developers are going to be able to, uh, uh, you know, assert that pressure because they have a stake in it. It really does affect their games. So yeah. Um, this was also a weird story, also involving Bethesda, not at QuakeCon. So someone tried to sell the the Evil Within 2 on eBay, and Bethesda blocked it. And it was this whole thing over, I think it was over the weekend. Um, and I was just like, wait, what? I'm going to have to look, in that, look at that uh, during the week. And then by the time I like started the week, Bethesda had a statement saying, we're not going to block people from selling our, our games on eBay. Just you just can't call it new. You can't say you're selling a new game, even if it's still shrink wrapped. Uh, then we'll take legal action. And it's like, okay, well, that still kind of sucks because the game is new. Like, right? It is. And that's what, you don't own that word. That's insane. Like what? So I, I, I don't really understand their legal reasoning, but um, I do know that Bethesda loves to sue people. They'll sue anybody. <laughs> they, you know, they 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 absolutely will, and they typically seem to win. So, um, yeah, I would probably just be like, I'd find creative ways to say new without blatantly say that. Yeah, it's just really. a weird, weird thing. Never I care used. That. Yeah, never used. That's right. Unopened. Unopened. Um, it. Why do they care about this, Mike? Do you know? No, I don't. Like, it's it, so it seems weird. to do nothing but create headlines that make them sound bad. It's not right, protecting and- them from anything. Right, and like you're trying to get your Bethesda game launcher thing going to start your digital sales, like just focus on that and and like leave the used game market alone. It's it is what it is. It's just going to continue to be what it Remember has when always Microsoft been. Microsoft went after the used games market that went wrong, which really yeah, exactly. well for them. Yeah, people love that. <laughs> people, people, they still remember it to this day. Yeah, they can't. It's like uh, Nintendo going after ROMs. They're just going to do it. Yeah. Speaking of which. Like uh, I, I think I cursed it. Remember that we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I'm like, as long as they don't close the Emu Paradise or whatever. Oh yeah, because that was like the one safe place you can go. To yeah, it, it, it was the it one always, that like it almost seemed too good to be true for so long, huh? For so long, and it's been like 18 years. So this is a site that hosted like pretty much every ROM you could think of for every platform you could think of, and the downloads worked, and they were um, like they weren't ever like broken links, almost ever, and you wouldn't get like malware when you download them. It was widely accepted as a safe harbor for these ROMs and for you to go get them. Um, 
and everyone knew what we were what we were doing. Everyone knew what they were doing. Everything involving this is 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 touchy to illegal. Like there is a spectrum there um, where you know it was always getting up in that illegal territory because it's hosting copyrighted material that you could download from them directly. That's a no no. We know that, but it was this like sort of platonic ideal of the digital library of the future that would be great if anyone like, yeah, Nintendo, go ahead, like take down Emo Paradise or threaten them to the point where they take down the ROMs themselves permanently, permanently, which is what they've done. That's the big news. Um, but then what is like, what is your alternative? What is, what, how are you going to like maintain this history? Uh, which is a legitimate concern. It's not just people saying, Oh, I just want to, I don't, I don't want to pay for games. I'm just, I'm, this is a bad faith argument. No, there's a legitimate concern that some of these games are going to be lost forever because these safe harbors are, are being put, you know, pushed out and scared by lawyers. It's a, it's a, it's a bad way, Mike. I, I don't know. It sucks. Uh, yeah. Nintendo, you know, they, they know enough that they can make money from their old games. And it's been kind of a lot of half measures, like the virtual console, here's like a game or two every week, or these, um, these you know, classic miniature consoles, which I, I like a lot. I like the NES Classic, but it's not, you know, preserving the sort of game history. I think the weird thing about all this is why does Nintendo really care? You, you can't say this is affecting them negatively because Emu Paradise has been a thing forever, and look how the giant success that NES Classic Edition was, and SNES Classic Edition was, right. right? So it's it's not, like, hurting them. So I just don't understand why they had to go through this stuff so aggressively when it's it, it's been kind of maybe beneficial to them for a long time. And, I, and they're never going to release something that is going to give away these games for free, but there's got to be... Yeah. At some point, they have to make, like, some kind of Netflix thing for with all the NES games they can. But even then... It'll only be the ones that they can, right? They're not going right. to be able to give you uh, home like some, improvement, like, right. like the the Home Alone game on NES. NES, uh, where's the sound? That's Ted. important, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, people hate all kinds of shit. Like that. That's that. You know, they they think these games are all bad and they're not worth remembering. But there are always going to be nuggets like worth exploring, and historians are going to want to look at these things and say. Here's a weird example of the first time that the algorithm that became Bitcoin was used in something like we don't know, like this shit could be in any of this stuff. Um, and, and the way that people find that stuff, the way they discover it is having easy, pretty much free access uh, to games that, that are, you know, that, that are, you know, that work and are safe and people can get them. And, and even like, yeah. Nintendo is not going to put those, those weird old games on their service and they could be at risk of being, lost or at least marginalized in a, in, in terms of, of, of our history, uh, that it, it really sucks. It's, it's a really bad move. It's uh, it, the, the cost to benefit ratio, the, the algorithm that Nintendo, that Nintendo's lawyers and accountants are doing here to make this decision. Um, even if they do have that Netflix thing coming, even if, uh, Nintendo's switch online service turns into that, cause they do have old games included in that. Um, it, it, even in that scenario, it's not worth it. They're not going to be, they're not going to, it's not going to move the needle for them. It just won't. That's not how this works. Um, I was going to buy, I was always going to get Nintendo switch online. And I think most people were, and people that couldn't get ROM or that could get ROMs before and can't now, I don't think they've changed their minds in terms of whether or not that service appeals to them. Um, it's, it's just a all around bad move and it, it, and it hurts gaming, which is just not, it's, it's not, oh, not the thing Nintendo should. I think the bright side is that, because Emu Paradise has been around forever, these ROMs are now out there. There's there'll be some sort of 
home for him. I don't know if it'll ever be as nice as Uma Paradise was, maybe. But the, the, the work has kind of been done, at least. But yeah, you the, still kind of wonder about the future of this stuff. Right. You hope, you like, the, the ROMs uh, should exist forever online. They might be harder to find. They, uh, you know, um, torrents might be incomplete, things like that. Uh, and, and, you know, there will be ways to get this stuff. It's just... That that whole the way that Emu Paradise became sort of like a library for me, like I said, that's what that was the difference. It just was I could go and explore and like browse and just say, oh wow, this old weird game that I completely forgot about or never knew existed. Here's a quick way to try it out um, that I know is going to work. And I and I don't know if that browsing that sort of library like experience is going to be something we're going to be able, be able to replicate online for quite some time. So yeah, um, yeah, just dumb move, Nintendo. It's just a, it's just it's just, yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Um, a few more stories that we can get through pretty quick. Uh, I feel like, yeah, we've already hit, that was like the 11th story already. So we have, a, like I said, a lot of news. Um, let's just hit this one quick. Dark Souls Remastered is coming to Nintendo Switch on October 19th. It'll be interesting to see how this one runs. Right. It's going to be very interesting. It should, you would imagine, should run fine because it's originally an Xbox 360 PlayStation 3 game. Uh, and then... They did the remaster for the, the modern systems. That is the game that they're putting on Switch, but you still think that under underneath that all, they could make it run. But who knows? They did delay it, and it seems like they delayed it because of the performance. So we'll see. Um, another kind of story from Inside Riot. I think last week we talked about uh, how, how it was treating women and, and how that... Right, and that was kind of you know, a, a bummer story for them. Uh, they didn't come out looking great, although they ended up handling the situation rather well. Um, but then now they're saying that they are having a strained relationship with their publisher that owns them, Tencent, which is that giant Chinese internet conglomerate. Uh, and it's because they have declining profits and mobile games are a thing that Tencent cares about more. I think that's what it is. Um League of Legends is still feels like secretly the biggest game in the world, like even with Fortnite and PUBG, but I'm sure that maybe not, maybe that's not the case. Uh, and MOBAs also feel like their moment has passed. Um, like it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it's a growing space anymore. It feels like it is trying to maintain what it already has. Um, and, and yeah, Riot probably does need another game and, and there's talks that they're, they're, they're going to have one, but they haven't really shown anything. So yeah, it, it, it's weird, but I, I would imagine that Tencent does expect figure something out, figure out what's next, or you know, reinvigorate League of Legends. Do, actually, that's a good question. Do you think that if you were Riot, would you focus your efforts on making the next game or on coming up with some way to get people excited about League of Legends again? I mean, this is one of those what do I know things, but right. I, I, it's hard to see how much more League of Legends could grow. Right? It's just been right. this force for so long. How do you attract? A significant amount of new players to that game at this point I, I don't know i think maybe you try to make something new but that that could be risky too because that doesn't work out a lot of time like what is the new thing do you just do you make a new moba do you just try to catch on a new trend do you try something new i mean it's all kind of uh it's pretty intense yep and, and, and that's not to say like this is not to denigrate any of their past success. That game has made a lot of money. Um, and it's it's okay if they can't come up with something to follow it up or if it slowly fades. Either one of those are fine because it, it has done so well for so long. But it's, it's why you be, don't want to be a one-game company. I'm sure they'd much rather be like a Blizzard right now with this stable, where if one of the games starts to fall off, there's you know these three other ones that are doing well and this one other one on the horizon, you know, what have you. For sure. They're going to have to make that transition, though, to be more Blizzard-like. We'll see if they can do it. Yeah. Um, 
a feel good story. Monster Hunter World is Steam's biggest new release of 2018, uh, which was a, a bit surprising, but but I, I, people are just ready for these Japanese games on, on Steam, and that's a that is another noteworthy milestone that it hit. It, it was it is by far the biggest Japanese release ever on Steam. Um, I I'm trying to remember what the last one was that was that matched it, but I'm not gonna be able to come up with it. It uh, uh, on it on the day it came out, Monster Hunter World hit 240 thousand concurrent players. Which is, I, I believe, uh, it's in the top five uh, for most concurrent players ever on Steam. <laughs> so, like, at least in, like when you count by game, not like by times they've hit concurrence. Like, I'm sure, like, like every day Dota hits like six hundred thousand. But um, yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty impressive for for a game that's just like it was for a series that was never for the West and never for PC till like, I just come out and dominate. It's this is really Man, this they- is a really big success for Capcom. It's hard to say they could have possibly have done a better job with the uh, right. game than they did. Yeah, it just it feels like this is the best case scenario for them, which is again laughable about that analyst who's like, "Oh yeah, uh, Capcom's in the shitter because the uh, Monster Hunter World's not going to sell as well." And, it's and like, then there are actual know. negative consequences for Capcom because that guy said that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now the real world the, the game is selling just like mad and it's it's working out well. Whoopsies. Yep. Um See, in the last story, uh, this just happened this morning. THQ Nordic, which is was Nordic Games, and they acquired THQ, and then they've started acquiring all kinds of other stuff. They uh, they own like the Saints Row developer and stuff. They have now acquired the IP uh, for Time Splitters, which is that for people that don't know, Time Splitters was the follow up from the developers that were responsible for GoldenEye on the N- Nintendo sixty four. Time Splitters came out for like PlayStation two. And uh, the GameCube and all that. First stuff. one, I think. I think the first one, maybe the first two, were PlayStation Two exclusives. Right. Okay. That sounds. The first right. one was a launch game for sure. Right. And they so they and they were really kind of really good shooters for the time. If you try to go back and play them now, the, the control schemes are still pretty weird because uh, this was before everything was sorted it's by Halo and the Call of Duty. These play these are especially the first one because that's the one I played. It was very much like uh, GoldenEye, and as someone who didn't right. like GoldenEye, I didn't like that game. But, that, uh, that's fine. Yeah, people. I, well, yeah, some, a lot of people really do look fondly back on these games. So yeah, I really like Time Splitters too a lot. I, I, it, I was huge. I was huge. Oh, yeah. That's the one people say. Yeah, I didn't play that one. Yeah. But the interesting thing here is that uh, TSQ also owns a developer that that the, the, the Time Splitters developer like changed its name. I can't remember what the name is now. I know. But yeah, TSQ Nordic owns them now. So now they own the people who made these games and they right, own the right. license. So a, a new Time Splitters is coming. Is what's right. happening here? Yeah, and that's that's cool. Cool. That's, uh, there's, yeah. I, I wonder how they. I wonder if they make that free to play, or they try to actually make it a big budget one, or or maybe like split the difference and do an Overwatch and make it online multiplayer only with for like forty bucks. We'll see. I, I'd be interested to hear their strategy around this. But THQ Nordic making moves. How long before they're just THQ? You think before they drop the Nordic? <laughs> oh like man. I, I think know. it's at least. I think it's about like they, within a year. It's. I think for a while they wanted to differentiate themselves from just regular THQ because there's still the stink of failure around it. But yeah, yeah at this point, maybe not. Yeah, just putting around the front of your name, though. I don't know. All right, that does it for us, Mike. Let's get the hell out of here. That was a long. Do it. Yes, it was. So why don't you tell everybody where they could find you on the internet? You can probably find me at World of Warcraft, but you can also find me at uh, Twitter at Tolkoto T O L K O T O. And I'm always ready for Games Beats at gamesbeat.com. And I'm doing the Explain Bro podcast with my brother at ebpodcast.com. We've been on a bit of a break. He had a baby a couple weeks ago. I think we'll be doing a new show soon, though. All right. Yeah, I'll be excited to hear about how uh, how another baby's going for him. Um, 
I am Jeff Grubb on Twitter. Uh, you can get me there. Hit me up anytime. Um, you can also find me on Games Beat. Uh, just uh, post the stories every day, every day of the week. All the days. All the days, except for maybe sometimes on the weekend where I, I'm like, eh, eh. Go, go outside and play. Um, and yeah, uh, on YouTube, I'm youtube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. Uh, I've been mostly I've just been posting my Twitch, uh, my Twitch archives there. So uh, if you just want to watch that live, that's twitch.tv slash Jeff Grubb. Um, going to be playing that far loan sales game. Uh, it's, I think I'm going to play that today because it's just a couple hours I hear and people seem to love it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about it, but people seem to really, really swear that it's one of the best games so far this year. So I'm going to try that out. Um, yeah, I think we're going to get out of here though. Thanks for listening. Everybody we will get you next week until then. Have a good one. Bye.